Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most cowardly podcast network. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watched Alien. Alien is a 1979 science fiction horror film directed by Ridley Scott and written by Dan O'Bannon. It follows the crew of the commercial spaceship Nostromo, who pick up a distress call from a distant moon while on their way home. Their investigation leads to one of the crew being attacked by an alien parasite, which is soon let loose upon the ship, hunting the crew one by one. Still slaps. Slaps hard. It's a bloody classic. So, as always, I had not seen this before, because, Skeddy Boy, the premise of this podcast, (laughs) Um, and I wasn't... I wasn't, like, even though it's a classic, it's a classic, it's for a reason, but still stupid me thought it was just kind of going to be, I don't know, a bit of a slasher in space with a monster instead of a guy with a knife or something like that. But almost right from the start, it's it shows itself to be something else. Like even that slow introduction of the title, yeah. I loved, like it immediately set the tone and the pace. Like movies, I'm going to sound like an old man. Movies these days don't do that anymore. But like <laughs> that short. Oh, old man Damo. <laughs> old man Damo. That was just so perfect to set the tone and, and let us know sort of, it really just got me straight in the mood. And then even like uh, it kind of does have a slower pace to sort of allow room for the world building and, and set the scene. And I loved it. I was just all in. I, I wasn't ready for how much I was going to enjoy this movie. Well, you say that they, they like the, the pace is a little slower, but it, it never, there's no wasted space. It, mm. it, it's a slow pace so that you can kind of, I mean, basically it means that you actually start to, you give a shit about everyone on that ship. So the minute they start dropping, yep. you know, they flesh the world out. They flesh out that these guys are these this expendable mining crew. They just want to get paid, you know? Mm. Parker, he just wants his mm. money. That's all he wants. I, lo- I love that. Parker's my man. I fucking love <laughs> him. He just wants that bonus. <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're right, Tom. I think because they flesh the world out so much, you can absolutely get away with being a little bit slower at the start. Mm. If you build a really exciting world... And you got to think, this came out... What year was it, Damon? The 79? 79. 79. Like this, there wouldn't have been a lot of films like this. Mm. Like now we've seen a lot of, you know, space sort of horror thrillers. But for back then, fucking hell, they were doing some things. Ridley Scott, 
He is a master. He is. He's got some brilliant films, and this is right up there with his very. What's well, that? It's a thing of like how many, how many, how many film? Like you said, you know, there's a lot of stuff like this. How many movies? And I'd be interested to get this from you, Damo, because I'd seen it a while ago. But how many movies, like sci-fi movies from the last ten years, have you seen and gone, oh, oh, that's Alien? Right. Like, watching Alien, did you have that experience? Yeah, I suppose I did. There's definitely elements that I'm like I could recognize, but it was it was still like, oh, but this is kind of doing it better. Like, and maybe it's Ridley Scott because it 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 took the time to show us our characters, like you said, and make us like them. But it it's kind of. I think it's the perfect example of show, don't tell. Like, it was never at any point pandering to say, oh, here's all the different characters. Here's the setup. Here's the world. Here's the ship. Like, here are all the things you need to know. Okay, now we go into our story. When I think about other versions of this kind of a story, that's what it kind of does. It does the Hollywood thing of just telling you everything you need to know without showing it, where Alien just showed it piece by piece. And it just felt very organic. It felt like we actually... I believed every minute. I believe these were just sort of, you know, blue-collar workers on a ship in space. Like, they're basically us. They just happen to live in the future. This would pair so well with The Thing, oh, I think. Yeah, good call. Because, you know, you see a lot of movies where, uh, horror movies where characters make dumb decisions. Mm. But, and I mean, th- there might be a couple in this film. But this is a great film where it's like, uh, like specific specialist professionals doing their role. Like Ripley, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure she's the science officer on the ship. Is uh, that right? Uh, no. No, she's like the second in command though. Like, So she makes the decisions yeah. when the captain's not on the ship. Um, old mate's the science officer. So Ian Holm, yeah, is science Secret officer. robot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, on just on Ian Holm, worth noting um, that he passed away, obviously, recently, mm-hmm. which is tragic. This is one of oh. his great roles, along with Loch Ness, yeah. another absolute... <laughs> Banger oh, in Lord of the Rings. I mean, Ian Holm had so many great roles. Yeah. But fuck, he's chilling in this. And I mean, this is, a, we're going to talk spoilers. Damo, mm. did you pick it at all? Not at all. Not at all. So, like, again, it, it, even though this is such a classic, there are, there are some points of this movie that I obviously knew that were unavoidable, the chest burster, et cetera. But him being Android, I did not pick and I did not know. Literally, like, even once he started attacking Sigourney, once he started attacking Ripley, I was just like, I don't know really what the fuck's going on other than he's clearly like some kind of double agent, but they'd set it up well enough. He was the science officer. Yeah. And all along, he was like quite fascinated by this new life form and the different forms it takes. So I kind of believed that he had this secret protocol to bring it back to Earth, even at the cost of the rest of the crew. So then when he's like attacking her and she, and he's just so strong and I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> has the alien somehow infected him to make him an ally? Like, is there some whole part of this law that I have no idea on? Which yeah. there obviously was, but yeah, didn't guess Android. And it was a pleasant surprise. I thought it was a nice little addition, to be honest. It's a great twist. Tom, I'll put this to you because we've yes. both seen it in the past. Yep. I-, I do think that when you watch it with that knowledge now, he, he does come across a little bit like that. He's He is a little bit robotic and he's not very... He doesn't have a lot of the humanity that some of the other characters have. No, I think I think that's actually again a brilliant acting choice from yeah. Holm. I think he knows he knows going into it that he is an android. So he plays it in a way that if you watch it the first time you don't know. You go back and watch it again and you go like just that little bit where just before they go on the planet he does that little like hustle warm up thing on his own yeah. before he then sits down to watch the live feed. He's just a little bit colder. It's just it's just it's subtle little things. Mm. Um 
And, of course, he then is the one who reminds them that they have the directive to get it, and if they don't go down there to get it, you know, they won't get the bonus. Um, it's just – it's nice stuff. But I will say this. His delivery of the line, um, I'm not going to tell you your chances, but you have my sympathy, so good. Brilliant. Gorgeous. Yeah. Just – Oh, and I, I look. I do love the shot where it's clearly a toy head, and then they sort of pan away, and it is very clearly him <laughs> yeah. with his head through a hole in the floor. <laughs> yeah. So I, I read. So the the construction of his head that they made, basically the um the skin, I guess, shrunk a bit in the in the like formation <laughs> process. So that's why it looked a bit more shit than it even should, because it actually was. There was just a bit of a dodgy version, and they still just had to use it for the time, though. The effects are fucking oh, brilliant. Yeah. Yes. I want to talk about the effects because they are unreal. And and again, in my research, I found out why. Ridley Scott does not hold back at all. So, I'm going to give you a quick list of, of some of the things he used to make these effects. So, first of all, shredded condoms were used to create the tendons of the, the alien's jaws. Huh. Delicious. <laughs> Great. Why not? Fuck. Uh, the... The dead face hugger. So once Ash is autopsying the face hugger, I was watching that thinking, this is unreal. That looks like a real life form. Like I literally studied animal science. This thing looks legit because it is. <laughs> it tricked you. It tricked me good because he uses fresh shellfish, four oysters, and a sheep kidney oh. to recreate the internal organs of the dead face hugger. Oh my god. Right? That's that is that is good. That is see. This is again. So okay, look. This is uh, Damo. I'm going to turn into you, old man Tom over here. <laughs> um, just going to bemoan the fact that because this is 1979 and you do not have CGI that is anywhere near as good, you have to do shit like that. Yeah, like you have to. There's no. What other options do you have? I miss it. I miss it so much. So I've got a few more uh, for the chest burster sequence. Yep. yep. So <laughs> basically. Uh, Sir John Hurt was basically mostly under the table. He had his his head, shoulders, and arms out through a hole, and the rest of him was under the table. And they basically filled this torso with a whole bunch of fake blood, yes, but then very real animal guts and used compressed air to just explode it out of him. Jesus. <laughs> I, I, I do know that there is a story where the, the crew knew that there was a scene where that happened to like something came out of John Hurt, but they didn't know how they were going to do it. Yeah. Um, Ridley Scott deliberately didn't tell them how they were going to do it so that the reactions were authentic. Yeah. And also they only had one shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They had, yeah. One shot. They had, they had four cameras, but yeah, it was all done in one shot. Uh, next one is the alien egg. So that again was, was made of real organic material. So Ridley used cattle hearts and stomachs. Oh. And then the egg tube of the face hugger was sheep intestine. Fucking wow. hell. Yeah. So he basically just walked into a butcher's shop and was like, I'll take whatever you got. Whatever offal is remaining, I'll use it. Give it to me. It just, like, I remember, like, watching it, the, the, like, I only watched it the other day, mm. re-watching it and looking at, like, we now know what the alien looks like. It's been parodied so much. Like, I had a little giggle you know, when the little mouth came out because I was just yeah. thinking of that Family Guy clip where it's like, I'm going to bite you with my little mouth. <laughs> That's all I could think. But um, 
the the look of that is like, could you imagine like you're HR Geiger, right? You get hired to create and design an alien. Mm. Imagine walking in like how fucking you like you just walk in and going, I fucking nailed this. Yeah, like oh, yeah. I fucking nailed this. What yeah. is what what alien designs have you got for you? I only did one, and it's fucking this one. <laughs> I nailed it. I, I wonder if it's the best creature design in in Hollywood history. Well, so they like you said, Tom. They got HR Geiger, and basically a lot of people, a lot of the the higher-ups were basically like, no, it's too upsetting, his artwork. <laughs> the, the one, I can't remember what the name of the piece was, but basically it's too upsetting. When Ridley Scott was like, no, definitely not. And also, that's the fucking point. So, I agree. <laughs> I, think, I think using someone who was literally like creating nightmares was completely the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. The, those ships, like that's the thing. It's not even just the, like, again, I, I've seen it know what happens, know how it all plays out. The tension in my body watching, just even the scene where they go onto the ship and there's the big space jockey sitting in the gun with his... Like, that whole sequence is chilling and creepy as fuck, even though there's nothing in it. Like, it's... The design of it is so good and so iconic, and it's Mm. one of those ones where I love that... You know, imagine... Like, imagine how much shitter it would have been had the studio got their way there. Like, it's just good. It's just on that space jockey. How how brilliant is it, though, that... It's just unexplained. Yeah. Mm. That's that's a big part of the fear for me, which is what Prometheus kind of like tried to fuck up a lot, really, mm. when you look at it. But when you're watching Alien, you just feel unnerved during that scene. They're not doing too much with the music score or anything. There's just a little sort of unsettling thing happening, but just seeing it and being like, well, what the fuck? And no one <laughs> knows anything about it. And we never really yep. find out anything about it. It's just nah. this fucked situation. Yep. That's what Alien is. It's just fucked. Yep. That's why I like it was it was such a contained situation. Like really the the parameters were quite small. Obviously there was the ship and then the the moon that they landed on. But that was it. And even like we didn't get them, we didn't really even know why they were out what they were out mining for. We don't see them return to Earth. It's just this moment, this horrible moment in their lives. And I think I, I agree, Connie, it's more horrific for that, for all the unknown that we don't have. And that's the same goes for the actual alien creature. I mean, mm. a part of it was probably um, the technology in the day. We don't really want to give too much, but it's it's the Jaws thing, really. It's show less of it, and it's so much scarier. Yep. Just seeing its face alone is terrifying, yeah. and you would not get that same feeling today from a movie, mainly because they would probably CGI a dumb-looking alien face. Yeah, yep. It's just... This movie is haunting. I'm mm. glad I didn't see it until I... I think the first time I saw it, I was probably 18. Yeah, okay. I'm glad I didn't watch it. If I watched this as a kid... I never would have wanted to be an astronaut. Look, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, my dad was very irresponsible. Um, I saw this and its sequel before my twelfth birthday. Oh, oh mate! Um, and look, I'm not going to lie. I dreamt about my face being hugged a lot. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and the rewatching it the other night, the the scene, the, the two scenes in the movie that always freaked me the fuck out were the scene where. Uh, old mate, right? What's his name? Uh, Hawaiian shirt. The other, the other, the other crew guy who hangs out with Parker dies first. I think it's Brett. Brett. That's Brett. He's walking through the um, the coolant area, hmm. and you know something bad's going to happen. And it's just that long shot of him like splashing water on his face. It's like get the fuck out of there, man. Just yeah. get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And then you have that yeah. great shot of the silhouette drop down behind yeah. him, and it's just all arms and legs and tail, and he can't see it. And you don't get a good look at it either, but mm. you just know it's fucking awful. Yeah. Um, and then the other scene is, of course, the the it's it's the aftermath. It's when she's running through the corridor, and then she runs back because she hears Lambert and Parker screaming, and mm-hmm. she runs back, 
and you just see Lambert's feet off the ground and Parker's folded in half and you're like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> yeah. No good. Just on the the first one you mentioned, Tom, with Brett, where it comes down behind him, one of the most horrifying things is, yeah, not seeing it, but also seeing the outcome basically through that intense close-up of the cat's mm. eyes as the cat yep. watches yeah, it happen. that was an extraordinary. It's just fucking yep. terrifying. That was great. It was a great shot. It's the slow, the slow mouth opening too. Like it's not like it attacks him quickly. It's it's just this deliberate. The mouth opens, the other mouth comes forward, and you know when that happens, you're fucked. You're dead. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So I, I feel like we've just answered the question, but were we scared? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And for good reason. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and on that, so you both sort of mentioned how we kind of don't see much of the alien. So I read one fact, which is that for the xenomorph, it only has four minutes technically of screen time. Oh, wow. wow. And to make such a lasting impression with so little screen time, it's nothing short of like, proper movie magic at that point because how, how do you even get away with that yeah. the the scariest stuff is you know a lot of the unknown mm. that we've talked about but i will be honest probably the bit that like made me jump the most was a legitimate jump scare and it's when um uh dallas the captain when he's in the in the vent yeah and it yeah. suddenly just appears and it's the kind of it's full, like a split second but it's the first time you get like a full mm. frontal shot of its face and that that i just jumped out of the couch yeah nearly fucking yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but even even that last, like I think the longest shot you have of it is that bit where she's in the shuttle and she realizes it's in the shuttle with her and it's mm. lying down in the, the cooling rack. Yes, yeah. yeah. And that scene is so and tense. It's there. It's there in front of your face yeah. the whole time. Yeah, it's it's there the whole time and and what they I guess they do a, a kind of a different thing there, you know, they've hidden it, they've hidden it, and now they just let us see it. Yeah. And because I guess by this point it's that they've established that it can rip people to pieces. Mm. It is basically invincible. It is on this spaceship. And the only thing saving Ripley is the fact that it hasn't seen her yet, and because of the white suit, 
she kind of looks like she's just part of the chair. Yeah. But that is still so stressful because all oh, it yeah. takes is it for her to get up and walk around. I agree. <laughs> and like her putting on that space suit and her like her deep breathing and we're we're pretty close in on her. So it's it's that claustrophobic fear and we're really feeling what she's feeling, which is like I've only like it's only gotten worse. I'm now stuck in a more enclosed space with this thing. It was already horrible and claustrophobic. Now it's gone to the next level. Yeah. So yeah, her putting on that space suit and that the deep breathing she was having. Oh my god, the anxiety in me was going through the roof. Uh, and then she starts singing "Lucky Star" yes. to herself under her breath as she's slowly like, and that's and that's what I like. That's one of those things where. Like for that, for me personally, that is agony because I'm one of those people that if I'm playing like a video game, for example, that's a horror game, um, and I've got to do something and get through something scary, I want to do it as quickly as possible. But I die like 80 times because yep. you've got to be slow. Like she's got to prep it so slowly that she doesn't move too quickly. Otherwise, like the tension in my my head hurts now just thinking about the tension <laughs> in my jaw watching that scene the other night. Yeah. Hey, Damo, having watched it for the first time. Mm. Did you, I mean, it's hard because you would have already known this question going in, but did you think or feel that Ripley was the main character sort of from the outset? She obviously becomes it over the course of the yes. film. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because, yeah, that's another thing this movie did in its, in its very organic opening where we're introduced to all the characters. But you're right, there is no clear lead. Like you might say Dallas might be because he's sort of in charge, but not really. He's getting as much screen time as everyone else. He's not really pushing the story forward so much. And then it's kind of like Ripley Ripley becomes a protagonist because she proves herself worthy of it. That's kind of how it felt to me. Like she stepped forward to be a badass and and make the right cause and be the smartest one on board. So she deserved to be our protagonist. I love that idea that you've just sort of planted there in that you have the story and then it's up to whichever character wants to stand up and take the main role. Yes, and that's what exactly. she did. Yeah, yeah, that's really oh. cool. Yeah, because uh, I guess if you're watching that movie for the first time, John Hurt and probably Ian Holm are the two biggest names in that right. movie. Yeah, I don't think Sigourney Weaver was very well known at all at this point. Yeah, no, she was basically an unknown, and they they even said that they purposefully got because it's such a small cast. They're like, all right, well, let's pack it with some proper actors. Yeah, um, and. Basically, they even sort of said, and let's not get younger actors because that's sort of the done thing for horror movies. We want this to be believable. If you've got people coming back from this big mining trip, they're not going to be 20-somethings, you know? These are going to be slightly grizzled yep. people. Yep. Which is like the, the youngest uh, cast member was Sigourney Weaver, but she was 29 at that point, yep. and all the rest were older yeah, okay. than her. So, yeah. And then even then I read that they uh, they just wanted good actors. So, all the characters had very... Generic names, they mostly use the surnames because they didn't want to give a female or a male role to it. They just wanted to whoever was best fit for that character, which I thought was very cool and very sort of- Nice. That is cool. Time. That's awesome. And we can all agree the best character in the film is Jonesy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, did our characters act foolishly or wisely? Oh, there's a little of both. Um, it's not their fault, though. Ripley- Ripley's great because if they fucking listen to her, yep. then then Kane, uh, John Hurt's character, would not have been allowed back on the ship. Yep. And she was very firm and then sneaky little fucking Ash opened the doors and let them in because he's a dog and not a man. Well, that's what I mean. So I, I think I think everyone actually... the only There are two people who don't act wisely in this film, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, one of them is Lambert 
because she just freezes up and goes to water immediately. Yeah. And I'm like, how did you manage to work on a mining operation in the middle of mm. fucking space, Lambert? Yeah. Okay, get it together. Um, and the other one is John Hurt. Everyone else, it's not their fault. Like, Ripley does everything she can. Everyone else does everything they can. Ash fucks it up for everyone. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's his fault. And he doesn't act wisely, but he's he's doing it on purpose because that's his, that's his goal. Yeah. If John Hurt, though, don't look in the egg. Don't fucking mm. look at... Oh, we're in a spaceship. There's a guy up there with a hole in his chest. I'm in a cave full of sacks. One of them is opening... I better put my face over it. Right. <laughs> it it looks and is cow guts. Like fucking leave it alone, son. Oh. I mean, I guess he thought he was safe behind a helmet, not knowing that it would acid its way through his helmet. That's true. But nah, fuck. John Hurt. Yeah. Kane. Lift. Yeah. yeah. Buddy. They, they should have left him to die. Leave him to die and then I mean you don't have a film, but that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. But ideally, yeah, that would be the smart thing. And I it was it was it was very interesting in this time in this time of COVID, where she's like, no, we can't break the quarantine. Leave him outside. <laughs> if we don't, if we break quarantine, we'll all die, is what she is the line yes. she gives. Yes. And it's like, yes. oh, yeah, very fitting. Very fitting. Huh. Hmm. Also, okay. I want to I call into question, um, they kind of, uh, the creature escapes. They don't immediately follow it. They then sort of wrap Kane up and shoot him off into space with their little somber funeral moment. That's a lot of wasted time. And I get that they don't know that this creature is going to evolve into something bigger. But mm. the priority should have been, we need to go find that thing. Yeah. Like, they already know that its blood is basically acid. So, it's it's mm. literally incredibly dangerous to lives and to the ship. They should have gone yeah. after it. Yeah, I actually mm. agree with that, Carney. Like, I mean, <laughs> the the fact that it grows so quickly is amazing. Like, it, it literally goes from that tiny little ratty flesh-coloured thing into the big horrific alien. So you kind of like, well, at some point, it's not even going to be that hard to find. Like, it's little to begin with, yes, it very quickly grows. Get it then. Get it while it's still small, you dickheads. And I mean, again, I will look, I'll make a case for the crew. Mm. Uh, Parker goes to kill it as it's coming out of John Hurt, and Ash stops him. So Ash again. Fuck, he's again, such a dog, isn't he? They're trying hard. But I, I will say, I think they actually approach how to catch it in a really intelligent way as well. All right, you watch the mm. vents. Close the vents behind me. The issue is, again, the weakest link in this chain, Lambert, is in charge of telling the captain where the alien is. Yeah. And she fucking is just like, quick, get out of there. It's there. Where, mate? Yeah. Where is it? Don't just say, get out of there. It's on top of you. Yeah. (laughs) She spends so much time screaming. I'm like, oh, my God, stop screaming and do something. Like, oh, she was infuriating me. (laughs) But, yeah, you're definitely right. I mean, Ash is easily the biggest dog on the ship. And it is kind of, I mean, like... Again, they did it well because I didn't see the Ash twist coming. And I just kind of thought, I was thinking like, oh, when I asked the boys this question, I'm like, I'm going to come to town on Ash. I'm going to have to be like, love Ian Holm, but Ash was a fucking dickhead. He loved aliens more than people. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, well, that's because he wasn't people. He was an <laughs> it's a It's a great beat too. It's that, it's that, I love that like moment of dread where Ripley takes over control of the ship hmm. and she goes in. And she asks mother the question and mother's like, I can't tell you. It's a science thing. She's like, tell me what it is. And then the look, her reaction to that is is so mm. good. She like is like crying and yelling. And he just very quietly just comes in and is like, see, I told you you'd understand if you read the yeah. thing where I've been given the instruction <laughs> to kill you all. Yeah, he's so emotionless in that moment while she's so emotional. 
it, it was really works very well. I actually have one more um, awesome uh, <laughs> uh, how they made the the effects. So for Ash's when Ash dies, so his blood is colored water. Can I guess what the guts are? Please, yeah, go for it. Spaghetti. Oh yes, pasta was was definitely in the mix. <laughs> yes, baby. There was um, there was when I when they went in on his innards, there was pasta, there was milk. So they didn't use milk earlier because they were worried it was going to spoil too quickly under the the hot studio lights, which would have just <laughs> created a whole new level to grossness. Oh. And then the last ingredient in his innards mix was glass marbles. Oh, that's what the balls are. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. They do look a bit funny. It's good. I love it. Like, it's just like, these are all things that we could find in our own houses so easily. And yet put in this context in the right scene, they're horrific. They're just awful. It's amazing. I love it. Damo, in your research, did you come across, did it say anything about like the studio really pressuring Ridley Scott and stuff? I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I have a vague memory of reading that like they were just constantly not really understanding what mm. he was trying to do. And so there was this constant pressure. And that's what I love about filmmaking sometimes is you don't have a huge budget. And so you have to really get creative. And that's what they did here. Oh, for sure. They did. So he's still like, I think the budget was around 4 million in the end. But he had to, like you say, they they weren't on board to begin with. He had to really sort of earn that. So basically the original pitch, they really just wanted a good um, space movie because Star Wars had come out. And Alien was literally the only thing they had. So they're like, all right, push it ahead. (laughs) And then Ridley Scott just loved the idea. He he immediately saw what it could be. So when they approached him to direct, um, he immediately like drew up all these amazing, um, what do you call them? Storyboards. 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 Basically, yeah, storyboards of the sets and and the aliens and the characters and all these little ideas that he had. And he basically took that to the studio, and then they increased his budget. Great. So he like he straight away he got his passion across because he knew that it could all too easily be like a B movie monster movie. <laughs> and he didn't want it to be that. So as soon as he did that, they like, okay, yeah. And then another time that he that he, this really impressed me because obviously once you've got your budget, you, you'd think you're pretty set. But basically they they done up to the point where the ship, the original, she blows up the original ship, gets away on the little skipper. And that was meant to be it for the alien. The alien was meant to die in that explosion. But Ridley Scott thought, no, it needs what is basically needs a fourth act where it's now on board the little skipper with her and she now has to, you know, find another way to destroy it. And so he had to go to the studio, ask for more money for an additional act that was never meant to be and got it. I see. That explains then. That explains because he had to get extra money for that scene. That explains why um, Sigourney Weaver is wearing the smallest pair of jocks in the world. Yeah, all that jock budget went straight to the fourth act. That's got to be the reason. That's got to be. They didn't have enough money. Ran out of the budget. Oh, no, you're going to have to wear nothing. That idea, though, Damo, of the fourth act is something that's become such a trope, in, yeah. especially in those kind of films. Oh, we've we've beaten the monster, and then there's another bit. Yeah. And, oh, we have to beat him again. Like That's become such a common thing now. Yeah, and it works so well because by the time they blew up the ship, it, in one sense, it did sort of feel... Easy, but of course, well, it's not easy. Literally, everyone's died. You're fa- you're facing a monster that you can't even really like stab or shoot because it's going to burn a hole right through the ship. Like I really like that they showed how many levels down the acid melted to show. Yeah. No, you really you've just got to get rid of all of it in one hit. Like there's no other way. Like so, it means blowing up the ship is the ultimate solution. And also, you've had to blow up your ship. Like that's a big sacrifice to win the day. 
So in one sense, you're like, oh, oh, okay, they just blown up the ship and now they're free. But you're like, well, no, it costs them everything. And then for it to not even work is brutal. <laughs> and like, I was a bit like, oh, really? Like, it's still there? And like, we'd, <laughs> we'd had that scene of her kind of being pretty, she'd sort of centered herself and she's in her small jocks and you're like, okay, oh, this is a nice way to see out the film. It's ending sort of on that slower note, which it started with. That kind of works for me, you know. <laughs> No, 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 <laughs> no. Oh, the alien's the, just hiding in plain sight. The fact that she touches it too and then realises what she's touching and pulls away and you just see its hand like going back into the tubes like it can't see or work out what it's look. Oh, it's good. It's really good. So, question. <laughs> How would we do against this ultimate monster? Boys, we're dead. No, I don't think so. Okay. All right. No. Okay. I mean, I feel like you've been thinking about this all day and you've got a solution because you came in very confident there. You did, man. You did. Let's hear it. I, I just think that we would all be the Ripley in this situation. Actually, no, I, I really think I'm a Parker. I think I'm like, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a working man on that ship and I just want my money and I'm sick of this shit. Yeah. But Parker is actually one of the smarter characters, I think, mm. because, yeah, he's at the start, he's like, oh, why don't we freeze him? Yeah. Um, when John Hurt comes back, we should just freeze his body, which. Did they say why they didn't no, do that? No, no one answers him. He said he says it a couple of times, like, why don't we freeze him? Why haven't we put him to sleep? Because no one respects him. Nah. I bet you no one respects his opinion. They literally established early on that anything he suggests will get thrown out because they have that scene where him and Brett are arguing about the pay and everyone just laughs him out of the room. Mm. And then that scene later where he's like, everything's broken, Sigourney comes down and it shows that he's just let a pump loose so it shoots steam out so she fucks off. Yeah, that's very funny. <laughs> that was very funny. So he's already seen as being a bit of a shithead at this point. Mm. So in, in this scenario, I'm Parker. I want the money, but I'm also a little bit switched on. Damo, you're Ripley. Awesome. Tom, you look a bit like Dallas. I think you're the captain of the ship. Look, I love that you, you think I'm Dallas, Sean, but I'm going to be honest with you. I'm Lambert and I know it. <laughs> That's funny. I think history has shown you're Ash, mate. Yeah, you probably are. You betrayed us at every fucking turn. <laughs> or actually, am I am I Kane? Is it my fault the thing's on the ship in the first place? No, you're, you're definitely Ash. Uh, so here's what Damo and I Damo and I put our heads together yep. and we go, we can't let Kane back on the ship. But then you, Tom, you're a sneaky Ash. You push the button anyway, you let him in. But it's that the next stage where this thing should have been locked down. After Kane recovers and the face hugger mm-hmm. comes off him, he should have just stayed in quarantine yeah. for the rest of the not thing. Go to, not go to fucking lunch. Yeah, then they all have like one last meal together and then he starts you know, feeling sick. He just should have never been let out of quarantine. Nobody should have been allowed to go near him because they've just encountered an alien life form that they have no data on. At all. Mm. He should have been locked, frozen down, shut the whole operation down. Everybody lives. Yeah, completely agree. Because, like, even if, like, if there was some parasite or some bacteria this thing had given him, like, there's a million reasons why having an alien on your face for, what, three days or whatever, you don't just then go get to have brunch with your buddies. Like, it doesn't work like that. Let me just let me just make a case, though. So, Sean, you're the, you're the repair guy. Yep. Um, Damo, you're Ripley, so your roles, I think, two I see. I look pretty good in underwear, I gotta say. <laughs> you do. I mean, I imagine that you look very good in a small pair of tidy whities mate. Um, I I go to the captain and I'm like, no, no, no. I've, I'm the medical and science officer. He's free to come on to board, on back to the ship. Send him, let him have lunch. Yeah. Instead, you've got a belly full of marbles, you dog. <laughs> I'm spaghetti and marbles, baby. Spaghetti and marbles. <laughs> Ash is a dog. And we can't beat him. Yeah, no. basically, because because he's the expert on this, it's no one's going to second guess him. Because like this is and this is what I like about these sorts of stories is everyone's got their position on the ship, 
<laughs> Actually, I was going to say everyone's got their position and everyone should be an expert within their own field. But then Ripley gets completely ignored when she's talking wisdom. So I guess that goes up. Yeah. So wall, doesn't look, it? you can't beat Ash. So then what you, you have to shift to, well, how do you beat the alien? Yeah. Yep. And I think that you just pick a room on that ship that there's only one way into it. Yeah. And then we stand in the corner and we have flamethrowers and we just wait for it to come in. It can only come in one way. Mm. We can see it come in. We try and light it on fire. Yeah. And if that fails, we just kill ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the strange, this is weirdly, the strangers all over again. It is. Oh, yeah. If you can't isolate the beast, isolate yourself with a defensive perimeter, basically. Yeah. yeah. We've just got to, we've just got to, it'll come to us. It'll get hungry. It'll come to us. Does it eat the people? That's a good question, actually. I hadn't really thought about that. Does it eat the people or just li- loves killing? I assume it's eating them. I think it just kills. Doesn't it? Because she finds dead bodies. No, because no, you're right. Because mm. there is that bit where they find they find Brett and then the only person they don't find is Dallas. They can't find his body. But then we had the good Dallas reveal at the end where what was this, like storing Dallas to create more eggs. I kind of didn't really know that, but it was a good sort of twist where Dallas pleaded to be killed while stuck to the side of the wall. I think it was. I think it planted eggs. Yeah, right. So that's probably its main function. Yeah. So on the defensive perimeter, my only thought there is that because it, the alien is basically a bag of acid, if we <laughs> kill it, are we also killing ourselves? Like, yeah, no, you're right. Will we create our own defeat? That's exactly right. We're fucked. No, no, no. Hear me out. The only the only way to win is to do what Ripley did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. And so, do we have it in us to be a Ripley and actually kick ass as well as she does? So, what's your idea, Tom? Well, I was going to say, instead of burning it, do we freeze it? Mm. Oh, yeah. Lower its core temperature down until it freezes. You know? I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. Or do we do we, you get Ash, right? Whoever Ash is in this scenario, whether it's me or there is an external Ash and I'm actually Lambert, like we all know I am. <laughs> um, and do we use bait in like an airlock situation or is the, is the defensive perimeter we maintain, the airlock, we're all in our suits. As soon as it's in there, bang, pump the... Pump the airlock, let it get sucked out into That's space. That's great. That is very good, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because then we don't even have to blow up the ship. We don't have. We don't get acid everywhere. No. Nah. Happy days. And then I, I wink at Damo, and I cut your cord to tell him to fly out as well. <laughs> Hang on a minute. I, I go. I go. Fuck you, Marble Boy. <laughs> I'm not a bad guy in this scenario anymore. <laughs> we just can't take the risk, Tom. I'm sorry. You've got to go. <laughs> That's all right. I. <laughs> I understand. I understand. <laughs> At this point, I get it. I do. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that is all the scary talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. And I've been Tom. And if you scaredy listeners have any comments or would like to say hi, you can email us at threescaredboys at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at scaredyboys or individually. I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Sidekick of Dowie. Um, and I'm at Orchid Treed. And a quick shout out to Daniel on Twitter who recommended Alien to us. Um, the other day. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. Good on you, Daniel. Great choice. Stay scared, everyone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.